And just quickly before we get away from Caulfield, do you expect the market to flip in the Guineas? Uh, I could answer that question if I knew what the market was. Is Port Louis favourite? Oh, I thought he was. <laughs> oh, I don't. I, no, I don't know. I I only know what I think at this stage, and what I think is that Port Louis is favourite. Is that? Um, well, I think he's. I think he's four dollars at the moment, but you've marked him shorter than that, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's another. There's potentially another horse that I'll be really interested in tomorrow. Yeah. Look, this card's getting better by the second. <laughs> So can you, get, what are you going to tell me about Festival Dancer? Because I, is she the one, she's favourite, is she? Let me just drag this up. I'm at my desk, so I can do this. Yeah, you can do this. And you can tell me because I'm not at my desk. I don't have a computer in front of me. But I I don't really make much of her well, form. I, I you don't want to be a winner, obviously. I don't want to be mean to her and she keeps stepping up, she keeps winning and she's won what I guess you would call the, the New South Wales equivalent of this race last time. So... um. You know, you don't want to be you don't want to be too mean, and some people try to tell me that you just back these Sydney horses in Melbourne and make a lot of money. So I'm not sure so you've got to respect one. her, but uh, she's she is favourite in that. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, if people think like me, they flip. That's for sure. But I, I don't know that people do think like me. God help them if they think like me. As in, <laughs> but think 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 like you as finding the fastest horse. Well, she's that's not. Not yet. No, I mean I think I think Port Louis has run faster than, and maybe not this preparation. He's been below, below where he was at two, but below certainly below where I think we expected him to be. But the the race at Caulfield was the margin was all funky there, and it didn't match the time. So we've had a lot of big margin winners lately, um, and the vast majority of the time you see a big margin, like Western Empire last week, for example. You see the big margin, you look at it, time makes sense. Okay, that's a really good horse. The Extreme Warrior one was funny where you only had one race out of the shoot that day, but I still think you you had to be you had to play tricky buggers with the the clock to actually make that as fast as what those margins said it should. I think it was just a funky race and I think you can be very forgiving and should be very forgiving of horses that were coming out of that and I think it was profitable to be forgiving and to downgrade not downgrade, that's the wrong word. You never want to downgrade horses. That's a I hate when people say that. But you wanted to be wary of just how good that he wasn't as good as the margin, the winner. So the losers were all better than than the margin, and the winner was worse. Um, and a lot of horses improved. And Paul Louis was one of those. And I thought he was good at at Flemington, still below where I think we had hoped that he might get. But that was the first run this preparation where there were genuine signs on the clock and in his late splits that he's um he's ready to fire. And I the miles the trick, isn't it? I think the interesting thing for Port Louis when he returned over 1200 it was sort of well this is just the pipe opener and then you know he'll once we see him in a mile that's when we'll see the best of him but then they were the word from the stable was that they were going to sprint with him and then obviously that hasn't worked out now we see him in a mile yeah I remember you get told yeah if you didn't get told they were going to yeah, and David used so, to said that. Like, uh, I think Jace Richardson goes, "Oh, you yeah, know, twelve hundred. This must be his kickoff point, sort of thing." So, oh no, we think he's a twelve hundred meter horse. This prep. Like, <laughs> sorry, what? <laughs> I mean, he's um, he's still a stallion, right? So yeah, so no one, to, no one wants, you know, wants a miler. Yeah, who wants a fast miler? They're just, you know, yeah. the absolute dust of our really racing. <laughs> struggled at stuff. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah. No, I think he's um, he's ready to peak there. If you do, the other thing is, if I'm going to sit here and 
and wax on about his, his late work at, at Flemington and say that's the trick to him winning on Saturday, then I need to at least acknowledge that Cardinal Gem was, you could make a case faster late, not faster, because he was slower early and that counts for something. It's a dynamic, you know that. But yeah. Cardinal Gem does need a, a mention there, but my little problem with Cardinal Gem who had finished just in front of Port Louis, actually, at, at, in that funky race at Caulfield before that. Um, my little problem with Cardinal Gem is I just wonder whether this get-back run on and, and be an eye-catcher and get the little time form plus on your number, which is always, you know, looks pretty in our form, guys. You sort of gravitate to those horses, but um, I just wonder whether that's just going to develop into a little pattern with him. One of those sort of get-back run on nice splits. I'm looking at it, I'm thinking yeah. they're nice splits rather than, wow, you're going to you're gonna run more evenly and smash a field. I'm sort of looking at it and going, you're going to run nice splits again. Yeah. It's, again, um, that's just, it's just if a you, I think yeah. Port Louis is a, I think he's just a more rounded, better horse. If you follow uh, Sydney Racing, that's pretty much every Jason Coyle runner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The get-back splits. If they put them in the race, they might win, but they just continue to ride them back. It works every now and then, but you go break chasing those horses. Yeah, yeah, they're um, yeah. I mean, trainers and and punters are, have different goals. Obviously, punters are for, for here and now. We want we want you to maximise wins right now, whereas trainers are trying to maximise. Well, they're trying to maximise not wins but prize money, and maybe they see further down the line. Although, as you you make a point, some trainers seem to be looking so far down the line that it's <laughs> too far. Yeah. And it can't be profitable. Eventually, you should start winning races, right? And there's a pretty strong correlation, particularly in Australia, where on average we run our races too slowly. So, on average, the best place to be is on speed. Yeah, it's like the we won't talk much about Rose Hill because it'll be bottomless up there. But like Rebel Rama, for instance, I think she's going really, really well this time in. But drawn eleven. She's just going to concede from the draw. And the edge she probably has on talent and recent form, she concedes so much at the start where it's what should be a great bet and, you know, terribly hard to beat. If you're going to be last and spotting them all the big start, it's all of a sudden it's like, do you really want to take, you know, five to two about it? That's the the conundrum of the back market. They might have the best form and they might be clearly going Every to get into price, it. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. That's but the, then there is I the mean, other... That's one little aphorism, but the other one is, you know, just back winners. So, yeah, <laughs> no. which aren't back markers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, again, I think we talked about this maybe last week or the week before with, like, backing deep odds on. It's like, even if it's, you might be able to make money betting on back markers because maybe the market, you know, the market's well aware and gives you a little roll or two for, for those horses, but you've got to have the stones to ride out runs of losers. And for a lot of people, that's not going to that's not going to work. It's going to lead to them making bad betting decisions because they're losing. Not so a lot if of you're a robot, either. Yeah, well, that's the thing, you know, and for most people as well. I mean, this is a, an interesting topic where there seems to be, and there is like a, the faux pros are out there, you know, you need to be a pro, you need to be thinking like a robot, everything's about max efficiency, but for 99% of punters, it's um, it's got to be a bit about fun as well, right? Well, it's an entertainment. Yeah. Most people have got real jobs. And can't do. They don't necessarily want to be bleeding it, you know, death by a thousand cuts, waiting for the the day where they get their nice winner and and make two percent on turnover. Yeah, they want to back some winners, you know. Yeah, which is I think very you know very reasonable. 
Yeah, we all want to back winners. That's why we do the four more week, right? That is right. All right, I'm going to... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just drifting off here. I'm... Uh, are we talking winner bottom? Uh, yeah, you tell me winner bottom. I go, uh, I'm going to make my way to the car. Ah, oh, so I'm just going to talk to myself. Oh, that's interesting. The irky thing for me with the winner bottom elite street, we had a big number on him winning the winner bottom last year. Certainly a big number in reference to where his form was leading into it. It's interesting, Will Chino. See, she's coming off. The 72 plus, which is what Elite Street won going into it, except she's rated 107. I think Elite Street was rated 98. So the jump for Will Chino is big going to wait parades on the weekend, but it's not as big as Elite Street had to make last year. And you could notice that, obviously, in his SP. So Elite Street went round it, I think, 33 to 1 last year. And Will Chino's... No, you really are getting in the list. <laughs> Will Chino's going to start sort of 450. No, I just got out, sorry. The, um, I think with Elite Street, it's just great to see him back and put three on the bounce because, as mentioned, it was a big number on the winner bottom, certainly when comparing to the other Group 1 sprints on the east. And he disappointed in Melbourne, certainly didn't run up to expectations. But He had excuses, put, though. He had excuses, but still... Yeah, I'll be pretty forgiving think, of all those. Well, if you've been forgiving, you've made plenty of money this time in. So... Which is good because he went well in the Roma Cup and then. Well, I am an amazing punter. Yeah, you are. That's, that's <laughs> what we have. That's the irky thing. If you haven't backed him in three rounds this time in, and then you're going to butter up now at six to four, it's like, I don't know, just are the wheels going to come <laughs> off? Like, you know, it's just a bit, I don't know, like Brad Rewilla, Barry Ten, like he, he rode him an absolute treat from the wide draw last start. He's going to chance his arm again, I assume. They're not going to go forward, but they're going to probably land midfield. He is a versatile horse, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, surely the plan is just to be... Uh, they call it the running line. Surely he's just happy to, you know, ride him with a bit of swagger and, and not be too worried about being too cute about it and just sit three deep. And I assume you mentioned it yesterday, Pike will put the crosshairs on his back and and try and pick him off. And then we'll, that's hoping they've gunned down the stable, mate, from Barrier 1. Yeah. I mean, it's, the way all that sets up is, is really interesting, isn't it? Barrier 1 and then Barrier 18 for the, the flashy of the, two, yeah, of the two away from the sort of established star. Because I, I reckon it is a case of Elite Street just has to... If he holds his form, he wins. Yeah, I think so. I think if he runs his race, he'll, he'll win. I don't think... Um, and Wilchino obviously has to come out and run that that fast time with other, you know, with a bit more pressure around and, and maybe not in such a flow state. I think that's the if you haven't watched the replay of the last win, you just won't see a better run in transit. And it's it's very similar. I know I've mentioned it before, but when Libertini won fresh, her two wins fresh, she's just been given every conceivable chance to run a fast time. And you, yeah. you've touched on it recently, like no resistance, really. And yeah. it's obviously a lot different. I'm, it's funny, when you, start, when you start doing the ratings, you sort of gravitate towards fast times. But then yeah. the more you start punting on those fast times, the more you realise, I hate fast times. <laughs> because everyone knows if something is fast. Everyone's yeah. got a stopwatch. 
everyone's got a database. Everyone can run their own standards. Everyone knows if a horse has run fast, which Will Chino has. And obviously, she's able to replicate that form raw time-wise and run it on Saturday. You know, she's going to be hard to beat. At least Street's going to have to turn up and run it. But the chance of her backing up and doing that, I think that's where it's sort of, you lose your edge. She's done it. The chance of then replicating it is so much harder than people think. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I think that's right. You're almost, for me now, I almost want good horses to run slow because you're actually a chance to get Well, slow. I'd probably stop short of saying slow. Not slow, but not <laughs> Yeah, fast. I know you. I know you. You know, <laughs> there's no, when we do the ratings every week and we find a horse run fast, they're just not a bet next start because well done. Everyone else found it. So you almost want to be against those horses. And Will Chino is that horse on the weekend. She has the best speed figure in the race coming into it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's interesting. What's the old the story you told me? That, was it Danny Bowe that ran really good time over there? And he, oh, he was yeah. going to... Danny Bowe, there, um, there was a genuine push. Danny Bowe, he was probably that horse. I think he won the Colonel Reeves. Or one of those like main lead ups, and he ran really, really fast overall time. And I mean, there's the there's also the transition of tracks. This is the the in the benchmark here. Like everything's above or below average. But I mean, the average horse at, over the Ascot 1200 is not the same as the average horse over the Ramwick 1200. And there was always I I always remember that one, the Danny Bow one, where he was he was so fast and take over. You know, she can take over target run that fast. I mean, come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the average time the average winning time at Ascot would be very different if Takeover Target was the horse that you you know he was running around the Ascot 1200 every week yeah I mean that's the thing we've already like we've obviously got Western Empire rated very highly but they this seems to happen every year the times guys they come out and say the horse that wins the railway is almost the best horse in the country or in the country I should say when it's just guys they only run one good race over the mile at Ascot every year like it's going to be fast they seem to, what was the, who was the mayor that won? That was, I think, some had Inspirational rated. Girl, Galaxy Star. Uh, as good as Wink. They're all good like, horses. And I'd, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to. Um, We're not knocking them. I don't know if I'd be nailing your colours to the anti-Western Empire much just now. but No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not anti-Western Empire, but I'm saying, of course, it's going to be fast. Yeah. I mean, you'd want to be, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like if, you know, whenever they take the good horses to the, you know, to, well, we saw it with Kembla this season when, you know, due to COVID, they raced there instead of Rose Hill and we ran the good races there and, you know, all the track records got obliterated. Well, of course. And Richard Freeman said, the ground's too quick. And it's like, yeah. no, the horses are, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's another thing in time but yeah very intriguing winner bottom even though there's no eastern state horses i think elite street will win i'm very intrigued to see what will chino does and obviously graceful girl likes to have to weave some magic i thought away from that obviously last week was um you know a really good meeting but i struggled to find a way in away from that i think the main bet for me on the day will be triple missile secret plans come up favorites but i think he just didn't get his chance to really yeah, he's run another his interesting, race. Um, you can rattle off a few more interesting uh, pace vignettes now. He's a real, yeah. pa- he's an interesting pace horse. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that? This is your, this is your jam. Uh, well, no, not really. You do it. 
So I think he, if you saw him two back, he ripped ground off Will Chino. And I thought it was a good thing going to 1,200 last start, but just got run up his feet. They ran really slick time and he wasn't able to real, as you say, coil up and explode. And it's a completely different pace scenario for him there on the weekend. Secret plan, beat him home and beat him comfortably. If you do your replay, you know, how can you back triple missile to turn the tables? But I guarantee you, triple missile is a better horse on secret plan. And we get a chance to see it. I think it's a key switch with Johnson Porter on on the weekend as well. He's riding really well. And he's going to snag from the draw. That's the, my one reservation. Uh, yeah, my one reservation with his horse. He's loaded with talent. But he won from back in the field one day. And I was like, oh, no. Because they're just going to try and replicate it every start. And they're going to do it again on Saturday. But I think if they don't go warp speed in front and he gets a chance to actually build into his race, I think he'll kill him. So he was the main bet for me, race three, number six, triple missile. I couldn't if you're really a real find. pace nerd, I'll tell you how to figure all this stuff out, is go down to your local oval with a stopwatch and try and run, say, 40 metres or something. I mean, if you're fitter than me, you could make it 100, but eh, I'll stick to 40. And try and run it in different ways and time yourself. Try and run it Fast as you like, faster than you can like out of your skin for the first twenty, and then try and run it steady, and then sprint home, and then just try and run it evenly and time them all and see which one's quicker. The quicker you try to run, like when you when you run yourself off your feet, sort of thing, your time will be terrible. I promise. That was good, actually. You filmed yourself doing this, too, didn't you? Well, that's it. <laughs> We'll post that video in a few weeks' time. If we, <laughs> if we get enough likes, we'll post it. Adam testing out time theories with his own feet. And trying to replicate Dusty as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ping a few hammies, trying that stuff. Yeah, snapping from the box.